on my talk 1071 I'm Stephanie March and this weekend or this weekend I am here with Miss Elizabeth Reese Hi friends How are you I'm doing great I've missed you guys I'm so happy to be here on the weekly dish I'm going to be here today and then I'll be with you next weekend as well Like what a little con- a little continuity Yes I like it it feels good <laughs> Seriously, and we saw. I saw you yesterday. I was on the show. I got to tell you, I did a little thing about pretzels on your show. On Twin Cities Live, and it was so... I've been thinking about it ever <laughs> since. It's the reason why I couldn't even eat dinner last night. I know! I mean, I was eating so much on Twin Cities Live, and... You guys, this, every segment you had, it was like you went from a food segment to my food segment to another food segment. And drink segments. We were having yeah. a lot. We did a fall fun-themed show, so yeah. everything was about fall, yeah. which, of course, relates to food. And so... We had you in doing really great soft pretzels, and one of them is landing in my top two in hour two. So you got to stick, <laughs> yeah, for, you gotta stick around. Stick around for the beginning of the ten o'clock hour to find out what that is. Um, but it was another one of those nights where we went over to so, a friend's house, and they ordered all this pizza and they had salad. And I was on a strictly wine <laughs> diet, and then at the end of the night, I sneaked into the fridge and just got like two little squares of yes. pizza. Yes, because that was it. I and, know. I know. It was worth it, though. It was a really good show. There was lots of good food, and we'll be talking a lot about it um, throughout the couple of hours of some of the fun things, because it just feels, even though it's warm and humid today, I think the shift is happening tomorrow. I think it is. I think you're going to wake up. I think you have to suck it up for one more day, kids. Suck it up, and then tomorrow, I think we get delivered unto us the fall. I definitely looked outside this morning and noticed in my backyard a pretty healthy sprinkling of yellow leaves. Oh yeah. Like just kind of the first ones that start to come down and um, we have some friends in town from California and they were saying what is happening here? We were hoping for a (laughs) solid dose of fall. Nope. Sorry. When we showed up but just not yet but it is. I mean we're just right on the cusp. The first day of autumn is Monday. It's Monday so that's why I feel like they're just toying with us. Mm -hmm. You know out in the boondocks we have plenty of leaves down actually. And there are this I was running this last week and um the acorn situation is one to watch for because you could roll an ankle on that stuff. They will take <laughs> they you are, down. There are plenty of acorns all over. So that to <laughs> me was like, you know, the beginning of those little sprinklings on the ground. I was like, OK, it's it's actually coming. And so I feel like it's good. But it is true. We all like we kind of I think fall is like the gift we get. We love it. And it's the last dance, mm-hmm. you know, and we all know what's coming mm-hmm. after that. So we it's do. like, let's we literally do the grasshopper thing where we party as hard as we can until the snow flies. I savor fall more than any other season and even more than summer. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a love hate with summer because I love it, but I hate being too hot. Yeah. And I really don't like the humidity and I actually don't cook that much in the summer. No. The summer is my lowest cooking yeah. season. And when fall hits, I hit it hard. And thank goodness Let's the timing is it. happening where the kitchen, the infamous kitchen, I feel like this kitchen is just getting the worst reputation around the Twin Cities because of how long it's taking. We we started demo on our kitchen project on May 6th. I remember that. May 6th. Yep. And um, my husband is convinced it's not going to happen, but my contractor tells me <laughs> that I will be in there on Friday that the final clean, you know, they they come through to clean everything to get all the dust out of everywhere that has migrated everywhere Mm -hmm. in your house. Oh God. Yeah. That that is happening Friday afternoon. And so then next Saturday, when I am here with you, I will be like chomping at the bit. I'm going to be so excited because then right after I'm going to head home and spend the entire rest of the afternoon cooking, 
cooking and yeah. we'll first loading well, everything actually, in. Yeah, you have to everything do. In. But Friday night, I might like after the kids are down. Yeah, it might be one of those like drink wine by myself until three a.m. Yeah, and just get it all loaded Organized in. Yeah, and just doing nothing. So I mean, like you're walking through the kitchen. I mean, like you you see it and you walk through it. Not really. So really? our house is a colonial, so it's really great because. It's actually the kitchen and dining room are on the right side of the house, like a classic colonial. Yeah. And then a staircase up the center. And then on the left is the living room. And um, and then we have a sunroom, too. Yeah. So it's been really pretty good in terms of not being exposed to the construction because we can sheet off that whole side of the house. And I know like when my parents redid their kitchen, they took a real generic builder grade kitchen yeah. in Burnsville and turned it into amazing gloriousness. Yes. Um, but their house was set up where they had to walk through it. I mean, they had to walk through it every single day because you all know that it's never just a kitchen, right? right. I mean, it always spills over mm-hmm. into other things. Mm-hmm. And so they were taking down a wall between, you know, like a formal living room. Yeah. They, they, it had an old school wall with these like little Tuscan arches. Oh God, right. They took that all out to open it all up. And so they were in the midst of it all the time. They had to walk through yeah. it. So we've been really fortunate in that case. And that's especially really great when you have little kids because then you're not always worried yeah. about them walking through walking a construction through zone. So it's kind of a reveal, even though it's not a reveal because you obviously have been peeping it and looking at it yes. and all the rest. But it is in a weird way, like being in that space will ha- feel totally It's different. going to be amazing. Right now there's paper on the floors. There are no light fixtures, but we got running water yesterday. Oh my God. So, and, it, and it is a bigger project than just a kitchen. It's kitchen. We tore down a wall between the kitchen and the dining room. It had a real classic, super old house, little swinging butler's door to Cute. get into the back kitchen. <clears throat> Well, the problem is it totally separated everything. Yeah. And the kitchen was done in the 80s. Oh, it was. White linoleum. White linoleum. A white electric cooktop (laughs) in a tiny, low low center (laughs) island. I remember. That if you had two burners going at one time, you did not have enough power to boil water. I don't even understand that. That's even like hard to figure. And what happened was we bought this house and we love this house. I mean, this is our forever house. We joke that we bought 30 years of projects. Yeah. Because it was built in 1916 and we just want to make it amazing. Yeah. Um, But we got in there and we were thinking we can live with this kitchen for a couple of years. That's really what we were thinking. We can do it. Like, we're just going to live with it. We're going to fill out the space. We're going to start to do some planning. And it became clear within the first probably two months that it was like, I can't do this. Yeah. And um, and no. we're going to get this done. Yeah. No, I think you made the right, especially because everything else that you're going to end up doing to it, you know, the, like all the other little pieces and all the other little moves. But having that kitchen will be the, like the home base. It really um, made me realize a lot more about myself. And if you're listening to this show, I'm sure you feel the same way because you're passionate about food. That cooking is my stress reliever. Yeah. And so that has been something I think that as I look at, okay, what has the last year been like? Because we put in the offer on this house during the fair and then moved, (laughs) then put our other house on the market, (laughs) moved, then moved into this non-functional kitchen. I mean, our our contractor came in and said, okay, so you need a functional kitchen because this it was not even functional. No. Um, And then going through the construction and the planning and all of that. And then everything, it's been a year of feeling really unsettled and not really being able to cook. Not yeah. at all being no. able to cook how I like to cook. Right. And so I feel like on Friday when I can like turn on the stove, I might burst into sobbing will. tears. You probably will. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know. You, you think about the things that you do to just feel more balanced and feel less stressed 
And for me, that's all about cooking. And when I haven't had that essentially for a year, it's felt very, um, it's just felt strange. It's felt like I've needed more therapy than I really should. Then you, then you may have <laughs> had some more visits to the doctor. Yeah. No, I believe it. And I believe that the heart of the house is the thing that then everything else can kind of go from there. But you know, like that part has to be good for those, for us type of people. Yeah, it does. You know? And it doesn't even have to be huge no, or fancy. And I mean, not, my, yeah. my old kitchen was not huge or fancy. I had an electric stove in my own yeah. old kitchen and I had Ikea cabinets. It was, but it had a functional layout. Yes. And it had um, things that worked. Yeah. So like I had an electric stove, but I would turn it on and it would work. <laughs> you know, yeah. like my, then when I was in, the, when I moved into this house and was like, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, th- these things don't work. There's I no three prong outlets things. in this kitchen. <laughs> I can't plug in a food processor. I can't plug in a KitchenAid. Yeah. I mean, those are the things that you really realize. Oh, it's not always. It's not about the space and the fancy level. It is about the function, though. Yeah. No, and that's you know, I went from this really huge house with this very ornate kitchen and beautifully planned and giant stove to this place that I'm in now, this rental that I have, and it's small and lovely and like. But the thing is, like the kids, they all like the teens all want to be there and they all want to come hang out at the island and they want to sit there and we talk and we. I mean, like it's such a natural space that if I hadn't had that, that would have been the problem. It's not fancy. It's not big. It's just works, you know, and but it's, it's functional and it's open. And that's the thing is like, it's open enough so that everyone can hang out. And I'm and convinced, that's all when, that you know, that really spills over into the rest of the home. And, um, you know, Marjorie Punnett and I do this podcast called best to the nest. And we talk a lot about making your home the best place that it can be so that it just supports everything else that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think there is something really important about like, as you're parenting and as you're wanting to connect with your family, having that space where they can, gather around i mean our new island stuff has six seats yes six seats and just like this huge vast space which i've never had before yeah where then you can hear the conversations that are going on like sit down at the island and do your homework and i could hear the conversations even though i don't necessarily have to be like in this sit down full out yeah let's have a conversation about something no 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 just so that everyone can be in the same space and not feel like you're all on top of each other right right that's kind of the key i think that's what the open plan homes were supposed to sort of be it does and then some of them got to be so weirdly vacuous and like it didn't really there was no community to it Mm -hmm. but i think most people now are figuring out how to make that happen it is really like having uh, some open space so you can see what's going on and you can get that. I mean, I had that when I had a 900 square foot main level yeah, before. Exactly. And now, I mean, I, now I have more square footage than yeah. that, but I, I had that and you realize how important it is to have it function, but it is also really great stuff. I will have a gas range for the first time in my life. What? I've never. You're going to have to really any, watch. You're going to have to, you are going to have to like think about how you're cooking things. And now. I got a real like, badass gas range yeah i bet you did it is um it's a blue star and one of the burners goes up to twenty five thousand btus it's gonna be like restaurant grade like serious deal but i'm gonna have to i remember talking with our friend zoe francois yeah about her like commercial range that yep. she has in her house because she cooks he needs professionally it she's commercial right and um She's like, you can burn stuff fast. Yeah, she's be like, I, she's like, when I first got that, I was like, this thing is awesome. She's like, yeah, when I first got this, it was like a real 
Holy moly. Yeah, you you have to watch things. You're going to have to adjust. This is going to be good. I love this. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. We are going to come back. We're going to talk about some food news yes. that is happening around town. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about... we had, You on your segment, on your show, you said we had... There was some pumpkin talk. Yeah. And I want to... Because I it wasn't my segment. So, of course, now I want to weigh in now on it. So We have a lot to say about pumpkin we spice. We do. We do. And we have a couple other great things. We're going to talk some apple orchards. We're going to talk about persimmons in the second yes. hour. So, we will... It's a lot of good stuff, you guys. So... Stay tuned. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Elbury Mercado, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Stephanie March. I am here with Miss Elizabeth Reese this weekend. Good morning. Happy Saturday. I have no idea when Hanson's coming back. I feel like maybe we've lost her to the wilderness in the van. She's in a van. and She's on the plains. She just, sometimes she likes where she's staying. Sometimes she doesn't. It's a really fascinating yeah. follow on Instagram to see yeah. what she's up to. Yeah, she just, she, trust me, she's posting a lot. I, I mean, I'm like... Girl, I may have to unfollow you at some point, or at least one of your accounts. Maybe that's the problem. Is I follow all of her accounts. Yep, just take a break from one. I might have to put just a mute, mute one on one. Yeah, of them. and remember, you don't have to unfollow people. You no, can just mute just them. Just mute them. Which um, I use the mute. <laughs> Do you liberally. mute a lot? Yeah, I mute a lot. I find that if if um, but this has nothing to do with food, but a couple quick things. If if I feel like people's uh, social media life it doesn't really reflect their real life. Like yeah. if there's too much of a oh. juxtaposition, yeah. then I have to just mute. Yeah. And that's okay. And then I have a real life relationship with that person and just not an online relationship yeah. with that person. I agree. I agree. There's definitely something where I sort of, yeah, if, the, if I don't feel like they're communicating yeah. the real things, I don't know why I would follow it then. But if you're posting good food pics, I'm yeah. on board. You're there. I'm in. I want. I always want to see what people are eating. Um. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of the deal. And what they're cooking. We're a little bit weird like that. I love that. Um, uh, So I want to talk about a couple things that, you know, just some food news things that popped up that were uh, some interesting things that I thought would be good fodder for the show, but also because you're someone who pays attention to the news and knows things and... So I like to. I chat. do have a journalism degree. <laughs> you do from have back a journalism degree. I don't use use it, but I do have a journalism you degree. <laughs> you do. Um, so anyway, I wanted to talk. Of course, we are. People are still, by the way, asking me how how if I've recovered from the state fair. Yeah, it's funny how they're all like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." It's been a couple weeks now, guys. Like, it's okay. It was intense though. It was a long haul. It definitely it takes me a couple weeks to get back to normal. Yeah, especially just after this the the work schedule. Well, yeah, and I mean, you eat. Everything. It's a full day. It's a, I, and I was telling people that the thing that is the funniest to me, it was like, I realized I was walking like five or six miles a day. For sure. And I didn't even realize that like, that was the thing is like what got back to my desk, you know, my first day back at the desk. And I was like, oh, I'm sitting here for four hours without moving. That's weird. <laughs> that's weird. You know, like that's, that was the big, dis, that was the big thing. I was like, I should be walking around. So I don't know. It is fun though. I had, I mean, I think the food just keeps getting better at the fair and yeah. I just love it. I think at the evolution of it, I, I'm going to be really interested to see it. Under Nikki, uh, who is the, you know, Nikki Hines, who is the new foods are. Yeah. And what she has kind of in store, but also just how it all rolls. You know, I think there's going to be an interesting evolution over the next couple of years. I think so, too. When you look forward to what's coming. So. I think we're going to see more and more of the vendors, though, that like come in and travel from fair to fair. Being yeah. Out. Mm-hmm. That, no, it's, I, that yeah. it's just going to be so there is so much good local stuff. Yeah. And there are so many great local people who want to get in on it. Yeah. That it's just, you almost, I don't know, you don't have to fill in with other things. Yeah. That being said, they're also maximizing the space really well on the fairgrounds. And I so, think so, I mean, if you missed out on that North End area, 
That's my favorite place to hang out. That hangar up there, yeah. my favorite place to hang I out. I want their food to be better, but... I didn't eat anything. I just go, yeah. I eat all the way up, and then I drink there. Yeah, I would say that that's a smart plan. Cause they, and they're just, for them, it's just been a challenge with hiring, because they are from out of state. Yeah. And so they usually bring people with, and they've had some, and some of the immigration laws have affected them, because they're from Texas. And so they have, they usually bring a lot of people, you know, who are of, uh, you know, Mexican descent up, and yeah. they have a, had a hard time finding people. Mm, man. So, um, I, I have to say, though, that uh, there was um, so the the news that came out this week, which was interesting, was that someone said there has been an E. coli break and they've traced it back to the state fair. Um, they said that there have been 11 cases and it's linked to the state fair. And one of the things that they were saying was that they believe that it kind of came from, you know, after interviewing everybody, they realized it came from one thing or one person or one area. Mm-hmm. And they believe that it's most like they're still investigating, but they believe that it came from the Miracle of Birth Center. Oh, well, yeah. And so this was one of those things where it became, I don't know if you read any of the news or the posts about it, but like the reactions to it was very strange. I thought like shut it down. Like some extreme stuff people were saying surprised me that they were like, this is, it's already an aberration and they should like these, you know, these poor animals are suffering. And I was like, are they, <laughs> you know, I, I, well, I, that's fair. I get conflicted about the miracle birth center to be quite honest, because yeah. I love, I mean, I love that the fair exposes people to where their food comes from. I think that's one of the most important things. And I think you could even lean into that more at the mm-hmm. Minnesota state fair mm-hmm. where you could talk more about, I mean, like butchering an animal. I mean, I hate, you know, I know that stuff is intense, but folks, newsflash, if you're eating meat, if that's where your meat is coming from. Please know that that's what happens. That's to what's get happening. So I think some of those connecting, like a focus on connecting us to where our food comes from could be even greater at the Minnesota State Fair. That being said, I don't think, you know, I think giving birth is a sacred, important thing. And I just, I don't believe that a pig wants to give birth with all these people watching. I just don't think that that's the way that it is. And so I get kind of uncomfortable with the idea of like taking animals whose whole instinct is to nest in their space, be in a safe, quiet, covered cave kind of area Mm -hmm. to give birth and then have it be, hey, we're going to move you in those final days and then have these babies born now I, you know so it's a conflicting thing for me and i understand that i don't the e coli outbreak would have nothing to do with me saying shut it down right i and I, well i think that my point is that i think people use it for our political you know politicizing it for their own a lot of the vegans are coming out and saying well this is yes you can't you know this is already an aberration you should blow it up right kind of a thing yeah and by blow it up i mean just shut it down yeah. but i think that there's i think it's interesting because all of a sudden i see these like farm kids and because then it goes across and saying there should be no animals oh gosh yeah and then it became you know this whole thing where there should be no no one should be allowed in and nobody should be allowed because of safety and i was like 11 people out of the two million let Let's be clear that we're at the fair. Well, I'm going to tell you something. A lot more people got sick throwing up from drinking too much. Yes. Do you want to ban all the Should alcohol we do that? at the fair? Let's try that. I know. Are we going to bring out prohibition? I mean, no, I get it. I, I totally agree with you on the E. coli. I mean, this is this is also just the way of the world, people. Like, if you don't wash your hands before you eat something. Okay, this is my point. Are what sort of problems. Per, what personal responsibility do we have then to be these urban humans who are like, by the way, you're around farm animals. You should wash your hands. Like, yeah. start there. Start with that. Start with the knowledge that you're not interacting correctly, maybe, with these animals. I mean, we have chickens in our backyard. We eat the eggs right out of our backyard every single morning. And my kids, when they play with the chickens... 
wash their hands. Wash their hands. And when we have friends, kids over, yeah. and we say, let's go outside and play with the chickens, you wash your hands. I yeah. mean, that's just how it goes. And guess what, folks? Like, poop exists. <laughs> I mean, and it well, ha- I mean, everybody like, does it. Right. And it's sort of this. But and, and I guess for me, it's like, let's not let's not like take away the connection that you could learn something about how animals are in the world. Yeah. Because there's so many, you know, city dwellers who would never see a pig at, with babies or, you know what I mean? That's they would never, yeah. ever see that. And then to give that moment a live moment instead of some video or something on TV yeah. is a gift. But then there's also a responsibility with that. Yeah. And so that's my point is like, let's not let's not erase and sort of cancel something before we like at least also take some other responsibilities. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. But I think the conversation the the shift on the focus of where how we can connect better to our food and that great opportunity that we have at the fair to do that yeah. is um is there. Yeah. And maybe, you know, it could even be just like a setup situation in the Miracle of Birth Center. Right. Where it's just a little bit more I won't mind if you don't touch the animals, PS. Like yeah. I'm okay if I you know what I mean? Like I don't need to touch the pig to appreciate that it's there but, and to yeah. see how cute it is. Like I don't need to. So that I'm I would be okay if we were like also don't touch them. And but wash your hands. Wash guys. your hands, people. Everybody needs to. Um, the other one I wanted to report about was the Kearns of Beer situation. I don't know if you know about this. Kearns is so hot right now. Well, because, you know, General Mills uh, went and their Cascadian Farms brand, which is, you know, kind of the organic side of their stuff. Yeah. They planted a bunch of Kearns of this year and trying to, they were going to do a whole limited, you know, Kearns of cereal. Great. And they're really trying to fuel and to commit themselves to doing something that is a more environmentally stable yeah. as far as a grain. Yeah. And they're supporting that grain and trying to help create the market for it. And it's a whole grain, right? Yeah. 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 And it's and it's and it's better for the soil because the deep roots are, you know, make it like a better stabilizer. And it's well, a, yeah, we kind know. of made wheat a bit of a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the deal. It's um what happened was, of course, this year was a horrible year. Yeah. They lost half their crop. And Aww. so because of the wetness and because I think it was the wetness, but I mean, I know that they lost half their crop and so they couldn't mark They couldn't put it to market like they wanted to. So what they did was they donated whatever they could left. They have a couple limited edition cereals still out there. Cool. And you can buy those, um, but they're not on grocery store shelves. They haven't achieved that thing of like, we want to make it like a national thing, a craving enough so that people will start to grow it. Mm-hmm. Like they're actually thinking about making this like, like starting a movement. Way to go, General Mills. I know. They're it's also really, making a lot of stuff that's bad. I know. I am when they're trying to balance, <laughs> right? Good. Okay. So what I love that is though that, that what they did was they released they gave the rest of it to fifty six brewing. And there is now a Kearns of beer at fifty six brewing because of the cereal that they gave them. Awesome. So it's been released. It's releasing actually on Sunday at their Harvest Fest. Um, and then, but you can basically, and they'll be there for about, you know, five to six or six to eight weeks, they think, until it runs out. But they were using the grains to add uh, to the cereal in the mash. Listen, so. anytime we can diversify what we're growing, that's good. I know. All right, you guys, that's a little bit of food news for you. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to debate. We're going to have a pumpkin debate because we have to do one every year. <laughs> this is the weekly dish. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on this kind of, I guess we're now into a soggy Saturday situation. Soggy Saturday. I just, if if it were a little less, I'm going to use the word moist. It's very moist. It's very moist. It's very thick and heavy. It's tropical. The dew points are huge. You know, my TCL co-host, Steve Patterson, he wants to make t-shirts that say dew points matter. Dew points matter. As in D-E-W. Because he's obsessed with the dew points. It's all it is. That's all that matters, actually. It's dew point and wind chill. Yeah. That's all that you should care about in life. 
A temperature means nothing. No. It's a dew point and a wind chill. Mm-hmm. That I like this. is it. Well, this is I'm glad. True. So we're agreeing on this. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to agree on the conversation that we are set to have in this very segment. Okay. Apparently, there's just this polarizing thing that happens every fall. I don't know when it started. I don't remember when the pumpkin spice fascination started. It definitely I mean, started with the latte probably 15 years ago. Do you think so? And then it was, and then it just has become. I remember the pumpkin cookies at D'Amico. Yeah. Remember D'Amico and Sons? They had these pumpkin cookies like for a long time ago. And this is the thing like, pumpkin itself is not a fad. Pumpkin, obviously, eating pumpkin pie. We've all done that forever. Well, and it's a wonderful squash. Yes, it's a great squash. And so people, I think that it just became where it turned into a pumpkin spice and then that having a meaning. Because when we talk pumpkin, you know what I mean? Like, I eat pumpkins. I cook them, and I eat them. Me too. I put cheese and good things in them, and yeah, then I used canned out. pumpkin in um, pancakes for my yeah, kiddos. I did that I put last it on weekend. My, and then I put the leftovers on the top of my dog's food. Yeah. Really good for her. Totally. And um, So we eat pumpkin. Those are real pumpkin foods. It's the fact that pumpkin spice has vomited over the center aisles of the grocery store and is even infringing upon the perimeter. I would say that... The only thing that comes close to that is the baconization of everything. So it's like this this fascination that something is so good that we turn we fetishize it and we turn it into this monster. We like yeah, but bacon has a pure it has more of a pure heart in that true. Like when something has bacon, it's like it feels like it's just bacon. The variety of good, bad, and ugly with pumpkin spice is fascinating. No, this is true, and I would just argue that things like bacon lip balm are my problems. That's not, a bad idea. Not not bacon itself. Bacon in its pure form is yeah. beautiful, but yeah. it's the idea that I need to have a bacon lip balm and a bacon hairspray and a bacon. You know, like flavored ice cream. Well, that's well, a, that's I kind of like that's bacon a and ice cream. Okay. Thing. Yeah, let's but get, the pumpkin spice is because it happens in the fall and we get excited for fall, like we have just been saying. And then I think we go overboard and then we sort of go nutty. And so we, we had some stuff on the on the table yesterday. We did. We did. And I will tell you one um, upgrade to the pumpkin spice latte. If you want to do this at Starbucks, it's a secret menu item. You order a Cinderella latte. And what that means is they replace half of the pumpkin spice with white chocolate. <laughs> and it is bomb. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Did you do it? Well, I had it on the show. Okay. And then I ended up drinking like half of it before I hit a full sugar panic attack. Yeah. So I'd recommend getting a small and I might even recommend saying, can you just go one pump of pumpkin spice, one pump of white chocolate, but the white chocolate with the pumpkin spice is pretty doggone good. So let what, me tell it's you. It's called a Cinderella latte? A Cinderella latte. Okay. Yeah. We did a segment on secret um, menu items, which is fun. Uh, yes. But then Kelly Hansen, our Twin Cities Live reporter, brought all of these pumpkin spice things. And our producers love to do this every- year because they just like love our reactions and we are fully upfront about if we like it or we don't and steve and i have very different palettes yeah so most of the time we disagree and then we also always put it out there with the caveat of like try whatever you want you know like you yeah. might like it i mean There's i no- liked i i hated the cheese it pizza from pizza Hut and you loved it <laughs> I loved so it. it's a full you know, you have to just try things to see if you like it. Uh, but there were some horrendous pumpkin spice things. There was a mochi by my mochi. Why wouldn't that be good? It was a very bad pumpkin spice flavor. Oh. Now, Steve and Kelly apparently hate mochi. They didn't know what it was and they hate it. And, you know, <laughs> mochi is a Japanese dessert. And so it's like this it's like this puffy rice. It's almost like a rice, a rice gelatin. L- yeah. Uh, wrapper around ice cream. And yeah. it's so the mochi is the wrapper. But then the mochi ice cream is, I love it. Like, I get it from Whole Foods. They have it it's at a Costco. Rice, yeah, it's a rice cake, you know, with a, 
you know, it's kind of pounded into a, it making into a little, it's a rice cake, but it's a cold rice And it's cake. almost kind of bouncy. Yeah. And then you bite into it and then you bounce, you bite through the bounce and then you get the ice cream. It's the glutinous rice. Inside. It's Japanese, like that kind of rice. Short I cream. love it. Yeah. But it's I like hated a little the mochi ice thing. cream um, by my mochi because I hated the pumpkin. It was a horrendous pumpkin spice flavor. The mochi texture and the ice cream texture was great. It was the flavor that wasn't good. Gotcha. Noosa has a pumpkin spice yogurt. What did you think about that? Delicious. Oh, really? Delicious. Like super light on the pumpkin. Yeah. And really great. Now, I'm not sure what the sugar level is, although I know Noosa is a little lower than some other commercial yogurt brands. It was still like a sweet treat, but super creamy. You stir in the pumpkin on the bottom. And I thought, well, this is kind of fun because you're getting a vegetable in your yogurt, even though it's sweetened. Huh. It was. I would do that if it were if it weren't too sweet. Like that's the was, thing. If it was more squashy. Yeah, it was definitely a sweet thing, yeah. but not like excessively sweet. You yeah. know, I don't like excessively sweet. Right. And it was very very good. Um, Trader Joe's had some um, this pumpkin soup that came in a jar. Yeah. What do you think of that? I didn't try that. I didn't. I I wanted to try it, but she you guys whipped off before I could. We did not like it. Oh. Um, it had a very weird flavor. Jarred soups are generally not my jam. That being said, I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, I wonder if you like kind of added some sage and some spices to this and made it into a pasta sauce. Mm. I bet it would actually be pretty good. A little gnocchi action. It just needed like. It it was like weird tasting baby food. I sincerely love a good pumpkin soup. Like that's one of those so things I. that I feel like. And here's the deal, guys. Pumpkin soup, not pumpkin spice soup. This is my point. It doesn't have to add cinnamon and sugar and then to your pumpkin. You can have pumpkin by itself. You can. And you can also have it in beverages. Yes. So here are my recommendations for fall pumpkin-y or fall festive beverages. Are good. you ready? Yep. I mean, Indeed brought back their Yama Jamma. Beer, which is not pumpkin, it is sweet potato. It's my jam. It when they announced in 2017 that this was going to be the last year of Yama Jamma. Yeah, I I cried out to yeah. them. I'm sure I tweeted about it. Yeah. I was like distraught and just going, "What are you doing? This is the greatest fall beer in the land." Yeah, and then I couldn't believe that it's I know. back. It's I know back this year. Did you go? I'm going to go out and get a whole bunch of it because I'm going to hold it for as long as I can. I am too. I love that that beer. I was the same way and I was like, the basically they, they released it again at their Hullabaloo last weekend. Good. Um, I will tell you that that is my favorite beer to braise pot roast in. Wow. 100%. In fact, I actually did a pot roast recipe with that. I couldn't find it. Um, it's on some blog somewhere, but it basically, and, it, and not that you need a recipe for it, people. Put your pot roast, sear your sides, stick it in a pan, and then throw a bunch of yam and jam until it's almost covered. That's it. It's so good. Okay, that's really great. Yeah, indeed, Yama Jamma. So good. Now, that one, I think, has the perfect pumpkin flavor. If you want to go a little more over the top and have it be like a real fun hit of pumpkin spice, yeah. and this might be too aggressive for some people, but it's Pumpkin yep. Imperial Ale from Southern uh, Southern Tier Brewing Company, and they're in upstate New York. And that probably is the standard for that. Pumpkin beers, I think, I think is, beers. you know, and that's one that it's not necessarily like I would drink it all the time or I would even have more than one. Yeah. But Jay, when he sees it, buys it and brings it home for me. And I had one the other night and it just even like a half of one just makes me feel like so happy and warm and cozy. I will give you one more off of that would be the Post Road by Brooklyn Brewery. 
and they are uh, Post Road is you know the name of Ichabod Crane's oh yeah road you know yeah. so the headless horseman um, and so there's this kind of a interesting but it's not it's kind of in between Yamma Jamma and pumpkin because pumpkin has definitely got that cinnamon sweetness yeah and I think Post Road is just sort of right in the middle a little bit closer to the cinnamony but more pumpkin than Yamma Jamma another thing I'm loving is the rusty chain from Sociable Cider Works that's the apple cranberry yes. um, cider I've been drinking that the last few weeks and then we also had it on the show yesterday and it's just this beautiful it's like a really fun transition from rosé to something still pink but fall yes and it's got like that nice tart from the cranberry it is so good and then i also for a non-alcoholic option we had um gretchen perbix you know our good friend um who makes amazing ciders from sweetland orchard she brought on her fresh cider and it made (laughs) me think like her just like first press press apple cider which she said contained a lot of zestar apples yeah and it reminds you to like Go to different orchards and try different ciders yeah. because they taste different based they on do. the time of year that mm-hmm. they're harvested and which apples are used in it. So it's kind of fun to do like a little cider tour. Oh my God, I love that. Hey, and we're going to talk some apple orchards and fun stuff in the second portion of the show. Yes. Um, but let's take a quick break, you guys, and let you know that we are coming back with Ask Stephanie portion. So feel free to give us a call, 651-641-1071, and we can answer all your questions or give you tips or do all the fun stuff. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Guess what? It's the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, you guys. So 651-641-1071 is the number you want to call if you want to give us a buzz and uh, ask some questions. You can also send us notes on the Twitters, you know, or on the Facebooks and all that kind of good stuff. I just realized I'm not logged into Twitter. Uh, but we do have a couple of we have a couple of phones uh, lit, lit up. So let's talk to Beth first. Hey, Beth, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, how are you doing this morning? All right, thank you. Great. What's your question? Well, I have an 18-year-old niece who in the past year has decided that she's a vegetarian and she does enjoy learning cook, you know, how to cook and trying different things and but she's also been kind of a picky eater oh. over time and I just would like some suggestions for kind of a beginner's vegetarian cookbook. Oh, I have the winner for what do you. you got? Well, I was a vegetarian for 4 years. So I um I said no to the meat and yeah. mm-hmm. you know there's various reasons of why you do that. For me it was about um just getting good quality meat that was raised the way that I wanted it to be raised. At that time it was really hard to find mm-hmm. and it was super expensive and I couldn't afford it. So I um so the best cookbook for me that was like a full out just game changer in terms of me learning to love to cook and then also um embracing uh, vegetarianism was, it's an old school one. It's called the Moosewood Cookbook. It's the original oh. Moosewood Cookbook by Molly Katzen. Okay, I remember that book. Yes, I've talked about it before because it's funny that we brought it up because I actually had it listed as something to talk about today because oh. Oh, yeah. I um that was where I really got great at making soup. And soup was the first thing that I started to cook when I was probably like 21. Yep. Um, where I started to make soup and feel confident in the kitchen because I could add things. And what is great about Molly's cookbook is that it's all handwritten. So it's like in, it's handwritten out with all these cute little illustrations. And she has lots of options in it. I mean, and this cookbook came out in like the seventies and it'll say, you know, add this optional. This is optional. And, and so when I made the basic recipe and it turned out, 
then I felt more confident to start adding the optional things. Yep. And then I started to like understand and get more confident in terms of cooking everything. And it just feels, um, the cookbook is just lovely and it's a really great place to start. And I would say that there's another, uh, Mark Bittman's how to cook everything vegetarian. It's great. It's kind of a great, you know, sort of a, uh, it's like a Bible. Yeah. And it really is very simple for instructional use. You know what I mean? It sort of gives you all the building blocks. I think that spells everything out. So that's a good one too. Great. Well, I've heard of the Mark Bittman Cook Everything cookbook, but I didn't yeah. know that there was also a vegetarian one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he and made a big a change in his life and moved to vegetarianism, and so I think that's he re- he released the next version of that, which was how to cook okay. everything vegetarian. Yeah, so. it's really good. Yeah. But Moosewood, I just think, yeah. too, is like, you'll get it and you'll just be so happy. I read it every fall. I just read it and then I make Thanks. things out of it, and it's wonderful. Good. All right. Thanks, Good. Beth. Great. Thank you. All right, we also have Kaylee on the line. Hey, Kaylee, what's going on today? Hi, just wondering if you guys know of any organic apple orchards near the South Metro. Um, You know, we have, there's a couple, well, I think to be certified organic, I don't know if I have any, but I know that there's a lot of people who grow things. Without pesticides. Yeah, without pesticides, but I'm not sure if you're looking for like a certified organic. No, if if you know that they don't spray, that would be cool too. I would say, I mean, the other thing to do is to call them and ask them what they use and what they don't. And that can be really helpful. Um, Because I know, I don't know about Sweetland Orchard. I'm sure, I, I would think they're using all those old varieties of apples. I'm sure they're pretty minimal when it comes to spraying. Yeah, I okay. yeah, I'm not sure. That it looks like the Elm Tree Farm in um, in Afton is specializing in organically grown apples, pears, plums, honey, and apple cider. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, so that would be that would definitely be in Afton, and then Sapsucker Farms. I guess I forgot about those guys. Oh, good. Sapsucker is a great little farm, um, and they are uh, they're certified organic. They and they're up, but they're up in Mora. I mean, like it's a little bit of a drive, but still, they're lovely. There's one called um, Breezy Hill in Maple Lake that okay. um, they advertise as certified organic too. Awesome. And they do Thank pick your own guys. apples and all that. Fun. Good luck. We are going to talk a little bit more apple orchard stuff later in the hour. So if you guys, I mean, but that's a great question. I think it that's is a good real. question. And it's a good thing to just to be, to be asking. And again, yeah. I mean, if they're not certified organic, but you're talking to them about it, um, you yeah. can often get the same organic growing practices without the hassle of the bureaucracy of certifying it. And organic. you know, it's, uh, especially with apples, I think there's a thing of, you know, spraying trees and then being in an area where you have to have X amount of yardage in between, you know, things and people. And sometimes they can't do that, even though you're not really getting anything on those trees. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think it's, it's kind of hard. This one in Maple Lake looks really cute though. Yeah. Breezy Hill. I know, and I didn't know the one out in Afton. I mean, Afton's not that far. That's really, and dang picturesque out there, I tell you what. Oh, I love Afton. Hey, you guys, I put up a fun little question on, um, I'm going to ask you this, Elizabeth. So on the Facebook page, so if you guys want to weigh in, it is hysterical, but I saw this on Twitter, so it's. I didn't make this up, I couldn't embed it, but here's the deal. You've been kidnapped. Your kidnappers allow you to keep posting or tweeting to pretend everything is all right. What would you tweet that would alarm your followers about the kidnappers 
no, without the kidnappers knowing you're asking for help. And this poster was like, and then I put the exact amount of garlic in that the recipe called for. <laughs> what? And then I thought about it, how I used to, Joy Summers and I used to like have a phone war. Like if one of us was leaving your phone out on the desk or on the table, the other would like log into Twitter and then tweet and then schedule random tweets. So it would be like hours later and someone would be like, I love my crock pot, you know, for me. And I, or we did that to other people in Hamloaf. Was the big one I used to say whenever I would log in hers. I would, people were like, "What are you talking about?" When I would just, all of a sudden her tweet would say, "I love ham loaf." <laughs> okay, that's really. What good. What would yours be? Oh gosh, I can't even think I about know. it. I don't know. You have, you have to be quick and witty to think of something. I like love that this one. Fast. Allison says this truffle oil smells wonderful. Yeah. More please. <laughs> Oh, my God. Robin said, I made a fabulous meal from the leftovers in the fridge. No kidding. Mine would have to do something with fast fast food. I'm, yeah. I'm in a drive-thru. Uh, yeah, that would be that would totally. Be would yeah, be like loving this new McDonald's burger. <laughs> that would be kind of it. Anyway, that's on the Facebook login if you guys want. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with hour two. We've got Apple Orchards on deck. We're talking 